Hello, friends. Welcome to Play Along Podcast, the podcast where we play through games. I, me, I'm Jared. Nice to meet you. I'm your host of this of this show. I'm going to take you on this adventure. And with me are my two favorite boys, Kai and Ben. How you boys doing? We a favorite? That was a weird intro. I gotta I gotta change it up, man. I can't just do the same thing every time. I Sometimes I gotta be weird. Groomy vibes know, to it. Yeah, I, I don't know like if I'm it. your friend or your dog, but um. I'm good. Why can't regardless. why can't we why can't we just be both? You know that wasn't even my issue. That was some big like riverboat ride at Disneyland like, <laughs> energy where it was just like, well, you know. Yo, what's up? What the fuck? That's me and I'm Jared a, here. I'm gonna paint you a word picture with my voice. Now y'all hear it? All right, let's go on <laughs> okay. the journey. I'll, I'll do a different take. What up, bitches? Are you ready to listen to this podcast? Because I'm ready to talk about shit games. Let's go. I have my two mm. favorite boy lovers here with me. Really nice. That's just, just got, a creepy old pervert from some big guy. You got big uh, Mr. Rogers <laughs> vibes coming from Kai over here. You want a piece of candy? Should we talk about uh, historical <laughs> inaccuracies and know how much Reese loves uh, Reese, how much fucking Kai loves them? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now. My friend Reese also loves historical inaccuracies, <laughs> so it's kind of awkward. Uh, before we start, guys, we've had more love on the social medias and people interacting with us and talking Thank with you. us. And stuff wow, like in, the, in the last 10 minutes when we filmed the... <laughs> the Kai! Fuck. I, I don't know you what you're talking about. You can't rip the curtain. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Gaming with the Brocast said, they're playing a Plague Tale now. They're excited to listen to the podcast in tandem with the playthrough. So thanks, guys. That's awesome. Uh, saw it. Saw. What No, seriously. Like, I'm interested to see what they think. But uh, yeah, that's cool. We haven't yeah. had a. We've had a couple people like reach out and say that they're playing along with them listening. So it's cool to get like as you're playing, get feedback from us, and you guys can give out your opinions on how you feel about the game in real time. So that's awesome. So thanks. <laughs> uh, Keith also reached out and said, Keith from the Main Quest podcast. That is, go check him out. Uh, he said he played an hour into this game and he couldn't play anymore because he was tired of sad games making him sad. And that's oh. fair. That's fair. Yeah. 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 So we, Keith, don't worry. We will do the Lord's work for you and we will play through this <laughs> game Lord. and you can listen and that's see a very if you missed anything. <laughs> a very <fitting> way. <laughs> you can see if you've missed anything and hey, maybe this will convince you that you actually want to play the rest of it. Or you'll be like, shit, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. Rat tornadoes. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. In the last you know, episode, I was going to say, sorry, what's weird is what's worse is uh, acid trips. Uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> I was so confused of what you were, what that meant, and then yeah. just realized where we were. Uh, in the last episode, we managed to finally get the cure for Hugo and uh, deliver it back to them after a, a, a trip back home. Uh, we ended that episode with. Uh, first of all, lying to Hugo and telling him we'll never see mom again and then going to bed. Uh, as we wake up that morning, everyone is in a, in a, in a tizzy because I guess uh, Arthur beat, uh, fuck, what's his name? Roderick? I was saying like Ricardo or something. It's not Ricardo. <laughs> Arthur beat Roderick in like an arm wrestling contest or something like that. I don't fucking know. I don't remember what that was. But Hugo's gone. Hugo is up and left. Yeah, it was something like that. It was some sort yeah. of competition, and uh, Roderick yeah. won when Arthur should have won, you know, fan yeah. favorite yeah, and all yeah. that. But no one noticed that uh, uh, Hugo is not sleeping next to Amici, and Hugo is gone. So they... He's nowhere in the chateau. They they search the chateau to try to find... I don't know why they got, I got Southern for a second. I'm sorry about that, guys. <laughs> they they <laughs> the search chateau. the chateau. 
they search the chateau to try to find Hugo, and he is nowhere to be found. And Amicia goes and finds where their pendants were hanging on the tree, and Hugo's pendant is gone. Sad <sighs> times. Uh, Amicia, it's also, sorry, as oh. I say, did you notice there's a really like cute little step by the pendant? so that he could reach up and get it because he can't reach up and get that, it. I didn't notice but that's adorable. <laughs> he can't get that's it without so Amicia, so he had to get a little stall so he could reach it. That's adorable. I didn't even notice that. Uh, Amicia, obviously, rightfully freaking out that her brother that she's been trying to protect all of this time is, is now missing, runs out to try to find him. She runs into the forest and eventually falls into a ditch and hits her head and the screen goes black. She wakes up what looks like hours later because it is, you know, it's a little, it's a little darker outside as you're going through this forest. Uh, but you start to realize more and more that something's, something's not, not quite right here. Um, the forest, I believe, almost quickly turns into the town. I think it was one of the first towns that we had gone through. Um, and yeah, it's where one, the villagers were, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the village. Yeah, it's when we were, th- we were running away from the villagers. Um, and you slowly start to realize that this is obviously Amicia was knocked unconscious and this is kind of an acid trip dream that she is now uh, living through because at the end of this is one of her, you know, now deceased servant ladies that is like, oh, Hugo. And she's like, oh, where's Hugo? And she says something like, oh, a child doesn't run away unless they have a reason to. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, Jesus Christ. The, okay, this is when I would have implemented rat tornadoes. Like this makes sense. Oh, that would be perfect. I also like this section. Like I think this is an interesting concept. Like she's having a full outer body panic experience because of all the stress she's been under. And like this is the moment where rat tornadoes are appropriate. Is in during this cuts like not Mm cutscene, but during this this part of the game. You know what? I hundred percent agree with you because I think that I kind of liked it and disliked the rat tornadoes both at the same time and if i had to keep them if i we had to keep them in this is an absolute perfect place to put them yeah yeah this and then um the very final battle yeah yeah um, I, guess I feel like be... if they sorry i was gonna say i feel like no, if they not. only happened during this and then you didn't see them and all of a sudden they happened in real life you'd be like well what yeah, it's fuck? almost like some like fun foreshadowing. It's like, oh, that was a crazy thing that happened, and then you get to the end, and it's like there as well. That wouldn't feel jarring, you don't think? Since this was technically like a, f- a fever dream that she had, this was not the reality. That's the real world, and it isn't reality. It's almost like premonition, isn't yeah. it? Like you know, it's like, oh, here's this crazy thing that could happen, but it will never happen. And, and I mean, like surprise. That's fair because there is. I mean, and I think premonition, Ben, is the perfect word because there is events that happen in this dream of Amicia's that are true to what events that happen in real life. I also have to ask because I'm curious because I've never played it. It's on my list to yeah. play. Maybe I'll play it for the podcast with y'all guys at some point. But this entire section sounds very similar to Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Ooh, yes, Kai and I have both played that game and it is it's very good. Very good. It's much better than this game. Yes, but, but is it is it a similar because that's to do with um, psychosis, right? The yeah. characters suffering psychosis. Yeah, yes. I would I would say yeah, I would say that like this small bit of the game is a pretty prominent idea or mechanic in Hellblade. How it's this this idea of psychosis and insanity and yeah, what that you, looks like. You don't in, know what is reality or what is right, in the main exactly. character's mind. Which, Hellblade yeah, came out similar. two years prior, so yeah. 
Yeah. It's good. We'll, maybe we'll play it eventually. Yeah, maybe. 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 If you want us to play through Hellblade Santa with Sacrifice or the sequel that's coming out and eventually, uh, give us know, a like tweet and subscribe. At us. Give it. <laughs> <laughs> no you can't request it what you have to do is you have to review the podcast and that's how we'll know and in your review but i want to see senua uh, i want to i want to get sensual with senua at <laughs> if that's not word for word there we're never going to play the game <laughs> or yeah or tweet us like hashtag sensual with sensua and uh Hash, hashtag sensual senua yeah and then we'll know perfect, we'll perfect. Know. and then we'll play through the game Perfect. anyway yes it is very similar yeah okay. uh, as you progress through the, the the door where your servant was standing in front of now leads into your house i believe it is now the the darun estate i believe florentis is first yeah yeah sorry it's the Laurentis farm so you open the door and it leads into the piles and piles of corpses of pigs all around you and Laurentis standing in front of his door which is another indication to there's two individuals who for what we know were dead and now are alive and talking to us. And essentially Amicia is just like all of her regrets and her mistakes that she made are kind of cult cultivating in this uh, kind of fever dream that she has with like the servant saying like, Oh, you know, a little children don't run away for no reason. And I'm pretty sure Laurentis said something to similar in a similar vein, pointing out Amicia's mistakes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, um, like some sort of hallucinogenic embodiment of yeah. her regret and this feeling yeah. that she's let Hugo and her mum down as well because her right. mum's last her her mum well I mean we know now her mum's alive but like the mum's wish was that she has Hugo, Hugo cured exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, as you're sitting there talking to Laurentis you hear Hugo behind the door to his farm essentially and that's when you open that door and it leads into the hallway in the Darun estate with your mother on the opposite side she her telling you that hugo doesn't want to see you he was upset at you and stuff like that and you're like no i, I want to see him eventually you go in there and he is angry at you is saying things like you couldn't save me or you couldn't save mom or you lied to me because that was the biggest thing is that she lied to hugo about whether or not their mother was alive um and he pushes her and then she wakes up back in the ditch that she had fallen in. Mm. How do you, yeah. out of curiosity, I don't think we discussed it last episode, but very briefly, yeah. how do you feel about her lying to Hugo in terms of the status of their mum and like the fact their mum was alive? This is the Santa Claus principle, isn't it? I guess that doesn't work because he's not Wait. dead. I'm right. not familiar with that at all. <laughs> what, is the, what is the first of all? Did you say stand-up clause or Santa I Claus? I said Santa, Santa Claus, but it doesn't. Yeah, it was <laughs> no, it was a wrong uh, analogy or metaphor or whatever. Okay, it, ignore we'll it. just gloss over it. He didn't say cool. anything. We didn't what hear about Santa. Rewind. No, but the the idea of of Amicia lying to Hugo, I think that if she found out that she was alive, I. I think that would be something that you should tell him, right? I mean, I, I her idea would be like, oh, I don't want to tell him because he's going to want to go there right now and go save her, you know, mm. which he mm. eventually is trying to do anyways. Like, ultimately, he does that regardless. Like, she lied to him and he still heard it. I mean, she doesn't know that. But ultimately, he he does that regardless of what she was saying in the first place. So, yeah. I don't know. I think if I found out my mom was alive, I'd probably tell my sibling if they thought they were dead. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she could tell him 
if she sort of sat him down and was like, look, you know, mum is alive. We're going to we get her just be, not we'll right be, now. Yeah, exactly. We will be rescuing her, but we can't just charge in. Like, we need to think about this and we need to do this properly, but we are going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kai? Would you tell your hypothetical uh, annoying Hugo brother? Or he's yeah. dead already by this point. Yeah, I'll just say he's he's not dead at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone. He's there's no there's no coming back. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have a nice life without him. <laughs> he's selfish as fuck. I cried all the time, whined, complained constantly. Said he was tired. Wouldn't run at a normal human pace, but instead a little so fucking just gremlin me. crawled. That... <laughs> I always have headaches and I'm tired and I don't walk at a normal pace. <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting because, like, in, just in this next section right here, Hugo just like fucking books it, and you're like, "Where were those sprinter legs before?" When I was trying to escape <laughs> yeah. the Inquisition. Where did that come from? Hmm? Has someone been practicing fucking wind sprints in the castle? Uh, where <laughs> you bastard? Um, but yeah, Amicia does wake up in this ditch, and she she's hearing Hugo crying out to her uh, as she climbs out and continues through the forest. She sees that he's been captured, and there's two guards standing there. Uh, you can take out the guards and ultimately rescue hugo and hugo tells amicia that he she uh, he ran out here because he heard the cries of his mother and she's like no no our, our mom's dead like you're not gonna hear her cries like don't worry about it little boy uh and as you continue through the forest you hear beatrice calling out to hugo and hugo's like no she's there she's she's real and i need to go save her she he pushes away from amicia's grip and again uses his newly found sprinter legs and just takes off in the opposite direction have we have we covered meeting beatrice no that's that's later no in the dream you meet beatrice in the darun house didn't you and she's like oh, oh yeah, yeah. no yeah i did talk about that okay sorry i got, I got mm. lost up in the kai killing his hypothetical brother <laughs> oh, oh i'm sorry that i distracted yeah fuck you, you man <laughs> uh but hugo runs off trying to chase the sound of his mother's voice and you come up to i'm pretty sure it's the darun uh estate again except you go down into this hole and this is when you realize very quickly that you were under the impression that you had woken up from this unconsciousness that you were just in but you are still very much in this fever dream because as you go into this tunnel all of these hands and corpses start coming out of the walls and they're reaching towards you. There's something like she says, like these are all the, the men that Amicia has killed and all the people, mm -hmm. all the lives that she has taken, which, which is, is inaccurate. Kind of like, wild. What we're there, like, there's seven, only be like 10 people. 10 max. Yeah. <laughs> there's like hundreds of hands and arms. I don't know. Are they counting how many times you've had to die and restart and killed guards over and over again? Because at that mm -hmm. point, there'd what be hundreds. If, that's, valid. that's a valid point. What if it's also because the uh, macula is in the Darun blood and so they are somehow responsible for the bite and the plague like so it's like it's all, it's all of the people that have died for their yeah. hands because the, the, the villagers in the first section blame uh, the, the Darun children yeah. for for it so i'm not yeah. saying that it's true but i'm saying like you know maybe yeah Maybe Amicia's like you know shit this this stuff is in our blood we yeah. are responsible for this and these are all very much Amicia's subconscious feelings being uh, revealed as as tangible, real things in this world that she's experiencing right now that are never explored. Right, exactly. Uh, you pass through the the hallway of hands and bodies, and you're you're just in a sea of rats. And you see Hugo standing with Lord Nicholas, and this is what I was meaning that when you talked about premonition, because that is what happened. Lord, he uh, Hugo did go and see 
Lord Nicholas essentially get himself captured to try to help save his mother, or at least see his mother. Yeah, he doesn't want to save her, he just wants to see her. Yeah, he just wants to see her, so he agrees to, like, go with them. And so that was, I when you said premonition, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's, I guess the rats could work here, because something that happens in her dream does happen in the real world. Mm. Yeah. Um, just, sorry, yeah. I was going to say, it's just, it's annoying that, like, there's this symbolic representation of, like, Amicia's subconscious battle she never just like, never explains on them yeah never well even like in the in like real life she doesn't seem to kind of like show that struggle with those either i mean there's been times where she was like obviously regretted killing the first two she regretted and mm. she's she's was incredibly stressed out when hugo went missing the first time and i imagine those feelings were because she promised her mom that she would keep him safe and stuff like that but other than that like you don't see those regrets really played out yeah i mean part of it could be like compartmentalization like she's yeah. trying to keep on the the objective at hand and stuff but maybe it Which will happen in the sequel. maybe you know maybe it will be explored a bit more um yeah yeah, but yeah. um but that's the end of chapter 13 it was really just this this fever dream that happened <laughs> yeah chapter 13 acid trip Acid trip. Uh, I I don't know. Just briefly, how do you guys feel about this? Just this. It, it obviously it's very different mechanically, I not wish mechanically. More but... of the game was like this than mm-hmm. the mm. other way the game has been, which is kind of just like getting through a section to like carry through a plot, which is you know it's fine. Like oh, we gotta find a potion, and then you just like kind of work through. Whereas this is more like building upon the narrative. You got the some, character like, too. You get the character as well, being like she's having a mental breakdown and she's having this out of you know this world experience where she's seeing her supposedly dead mother and as well dead caretaker i assume nanny of some kind yeah. uh who, who guides her through this this journey of dealing with the guilt in which she carries with her for killing those individuals and then you know she's faced directly with the result of that by having to pass through a flesh tunnel uh <laughs> and being like these are the corpses of the people you have killed and she's like no porque okay there you go um and you know it's it's uh, the point in which she has to face what she's done uh to to, you know survive this experience but um Mm. the rest of the game still doesn't make any goddamn sense so it's very hard to be like yes this is this is good storytelling and a sea of bad narrative choices (laughs) like yeah it's a similar principle to back in super mario rpg when you had that kind of no 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 no, like just you had that kind of rpg uh progression of bowser and him kind of reflecting and being like you know progressing as a character and then it was just left it was never ever discussed it's similar to this i would have i agree with kai i would have liked to have seen this dealt with more um and kind of explored more or even what would have been nice is like instead of having it as this chapter with these three people if they were like single dreams that were interspersed in certain chapters i was i was just about to say that yeah in chapter five to six you meet the maid and then in like nine to ten you meet laurentis and like it's this kind of progression through the story rather than just dumping it into one chapter that's like 15 minutes if yeah yeah no i totally i 100 agree with that and that's what i was going to say it would be interesting to see this intermittently spread out throughout the entirety of the game where mm-hmm. like obviously 
Amicia's guilt and regrets come up in there. And as the game progresses, they slowly diverge into more and more insane things. Like maybe it's just running into the the nanny or maybe it's just running into Lorantis and stuff like that. But as like her own mental stability starts to kind of go off the rails, those dreams that she starts having also progressively get more and more insane. Like the weird flesh dungeon that we had to walk through. That would have mm. been really cool. And a really cool like just, I mean, we talked about how we didn't, didn't love Amicia because of that, like, you know, her character and her personality and not building into the character too much, that could have helped with it. Oh, 100%. And also, I think I would have, very quickly before we move on, I would have preferred to see her dad as opposed to Beatrice. I know Beatrice tasked her with, uh, you know, protect, protecting Hugo and stuff, but I feel like her dad might have been a better person to be in it seeing as he did die and she did recently see his dead corpse be disemboweled by rats like i don't know i kind of liked the idea of beatrice being there because it's almost like beatrice was protecting hugo from amicia it's like you hurt him you lied to him he's my son like oh, kind of stay okay. back yeah, kind of situation and then she's like you know what go ahead yeah i was going down the like you know I told you you'd never be good enough to be a knight. Mm, you couldn't say gotcha. you couldn't protect your brother, kind right, of right, right, right. Um, I can definitely I think see it's perfectly viable, that. though. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Now mm-hmm. we are to well, it's probably my least favorite chapter in this entire <laughs> fucking section. So chapter fourteen, Kai's favorite, I guarantee you. Yeah, blood ties. So this we, chapter, this is where we play as Hugo. It is indeed, yeah. <laughs> this chapter starts Fuck off, this chapter. and Hugo is getting his blood taken by one of the magisters. He's like, well, can I see my mom now? And he's like, well, that's up to the Great Inquisitor. He Look, gets to kid, this that. is above my pay grade. Stop <laughs> asking to see your mother, all right? Essentially. Uh, I'm just trying to once, not die by rats. Once the gameplay starts, we find out that we're playing as Hugo now. We're playing as little baby Hugo, and he immediately has a headache when he gets off the chair. <laughs> Fucking course he does. Also, uh, his crouch run is crab walk. It's awful. When you crouch with Hugo and you move, he does a little pitter-patter devil fucking walk, which is the thing of my nightmares. It's awful. I hate it He doesn't it so even much. crouch. He just, like, kind like, of compresses his stomach in and crouches over. Do you, do you know, like, the classic cartoon renderings of how, uh, like, uh, robbers... Like Wiley Coyote uh, and stuff Yeah, like, how, well, like how robbers tiptoe when they steal something with, like, the sack over their back and, like, they're putting, you know, valuables mm-hmm. and that shit. That is Hugo's run. He runs like a cartoon robber. He's just like... <laughs> his little dinosaur arms cocked. It's just awful. Yeah. It's terrible. Awful. Yeah, I, ha- I have no devil's advocate argument here. He looks really weird. Yeah. And the uh, the, the cherry on top of the, the weird icing is that you spend 95% of this chapter hunched over. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because if you stand and walk normally, the guards will hear you. Yeah. yeah. But if, so you, the, if you walk like a weird little fucking caricature, it's fine. They can't see you. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I did find a devil's advocate uh, uh, argument here. Um, it, and it's, it doesn't really have anything to do with Hugo per se. I think that I do like when they take away your equipment and what you've what you've used to progress through levels in the first place you know we can't take out guards now we can't use rats to take out guards like it's it was similar in the very beginning when we got captured when we first met arthur and melly where they took all of our things away i like that aspect of it that doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to do with anything with hugo and we could have put any character there and i would have felt the same way i yeah okay i could see where you're coming from i definitely feel that one redeeming factor is that he doesn't have some kind of Emesia sling 
Mechanic. Yeah, it'd be like I don't think it'd be good if like he got out of his chair and there was like a stick or something or like little pebbles and there was like smaller rocks that Hugo can distract guards with and stuff like that. Like yeah. I think it was. It's good like he's just, five like, years old. Stealth. He's been locked yeah. in a tower for four years. He doesn't know. He doesn't even know how to fucking crouch. He definitely doesn't know how to distract a guard. <laughs> his dad never taught him to crouch. God damn it. <laughs> His dad uh, literally died before he could teach. Literally, whatever you need to tell yourselves to make this. Uh, no, I, I still think that Hugo's weird. I still think his weird Velociraptor crouch is odd, <laughs> and I didn't like it. But I still like the the mechanics also, around the man, it. The the boy has literal demon blood running through him, and the best thing we got is a fucking weird crouch, and then he's small. Like, come on. This would have been also a perfect opportunity to introduce to us the changes that are happening in Hugo. And no, I don't mean puberty. <laughs> I mean with the pre like the kid, Oh, his legs are shaking and he's, he's literally feeling something weird, shaking and he feels something inside of him. Exactly, yeah. He's getting hair in weird places. Rat hair. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> but no, he literally, he goes zero to 100 so fast. Hugo's like a little bitch boy. And then suddenly he's like conjuring fucking rats around him. And he's just like, I, I am a God. Like, dude, why couldn't we have like an in-between where instead of Hugo's mom just being like, hey, you should embrace your fucking powers. That Hugo's like, oh, wow, wow. I can hear the rat thoughts and control them. Like, Jesus I think, Christ. I think there's like a like a hint of foreshadowing to that because in the cutscene where Hugo's in the chair, like a rat like walks from between his legs and then he jumps out and like has the headache. So I think. Yeah. Or like, sure. you know, right. like Hugo. So the, the, the idea is that Hugo went willingly with these people so that he could right. see his right. mom. So we can see his mom. Yeah. Dumbass so decision, ha- but sure. Have the guard like inform him that it was a lie like no you're never gonna see your mum. you know you're not leaving here you are now yeah, our prisoner yeah, that, was kind of, <clears throat> that was kind of like what he was saying he's like oh that's not up to me you know it's up yeah to the he, he, he beat around the bush but what i'm saying is if right. you make it obvious you can do that admittedly cliche like x-men yeah, enhancing film yes and then just like angry. rats explode out of the exactly. ground exactly he gets angry and he all of a sudden rats erupt from underneath the guard and eat the guard and kill him and yeah, Hugo's like probably, oh shit did I do that? didn't or? do that because he gets angry at Amicia like 60 times in this day that is fucking <laughs> true actually <laughs> <laughs> a five year old with that kind of power seems a little dangerous uh, but yeah essentially essentially w- this entire section is just you trying to find you just tippy toeing your ass your mom around. and not getting caught by guards yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's it that's really it there's nothing that's kind of different about that. being in a random steam room it's yeah. fucking long like that's mm-hmm. the other oh, thing yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's not section. a very interesting mechanic because it is just the stealth aspect of the game which we already had experience with amicia when we had to go through the camp like we have done a level already in which your equipment was taken away and you had to approach yeah. it differently so this is round two of that as you're a small boy and it's like 30 minutes of gameplay of walking through this yeah whatever that, i guess, that, I guess it's where they're just like producing too. some you know chemicals or whatever at the time and that's if you do it well we died a lot so it was an hour of gameplay but like yeah. it was so <laughs> unnecessary it's like God. yeah you get caught a lot um mm. but it's, it's really yeah unnecessarily long yeah uh ultimately through all of your velociraptor tip top tip top tip tap crashes <laughs> Uh, you make your way into kind of the the main area of this cathedral, and this is the cutscene that you were re- referencing in the last episode, where Vitalis is joined by the Archbishop, and they're mm-hmm. they're discussing that you know they're going to take away his title and stuff like that. He's gone mm-hmm. crazy, and he's he's mad with power and whatever. 
Yeah. yeah so he basically the the gist of what is said is that the archbishop informs vitalis that he is not conducting the inquisition in the way that the church wants and he has yeah. kind of gone mad and he's doing his own thing and so he is excommunicated from the catholic church Do you he... know how awful you have to be to get excommunicated from the catholic church like mm. they're like oh i'm sorry you're doing too much genocide for the catholic church the literal like experts on religious genocide and they're like no no this is this is too far this, this man's is, crazy this, this is a look we we like a good murder but like come on man this is this injecting is himself far. with rap blood this shit is weird bro you need yeah, to stop it's, it's um yeah but yeah so it's as crazy as it is that is what has happened he has been excommunicated and uh lord nicholas is there as well yeah He's and like, fam, I'm right or die genocide. <laughs> will, He's stand, like, I'll kill everybody. I I'm will stand it. by the murder. Let's go. I also, I'm assuming, I, I, sorry to like sort of go behind the scenes a bit here, no, um, no. but you're looking at the Power Picks wiki, uh, Power Picks walkthrough, right? Yeah. So it says here in this section about the cutscene, it says that um, Vitalis is injecting himself with Hugo's first threshold blood. Gross. Now, mm-hmm. I don't understand that because in the last section of the game, Hugo passed the second threshold and they just took Hugo's blood. So how is the fresh blood they just took from the previous threshold? Was it that he passed the second one or he passed into the second threshold? He passed the second one. I'm pretty sure that's what the walkthrough Mm -hmm. said when he started having a seizure. Bro, if you start trying to make sense of this damn threshold (laughs) bullshit... No one like the even if you like search this game and you look up things about this game, no one understands what the prima macula is. There's no answer. People are just like, there's a lot of like guessing, but like no one has any concept. Also, oh my don't know god! Why. This game is a dramatic recreation of the Pied Piper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you familiar with the story? I was just about to ask. I was like, dude, I know. Uh, I know the is. the Piper picked a pickle, Piper pictures or whatever yeah, it is. But... Okay, so it might be a British story, but there's a story about basically a piped piper who. Um, essentially has a flute and he can play the flute and all of the rats follow him and he f- takes the rats oh out God. of the town. Oh, 100%. It's just That's... a dramatic recreation. Yeah, it's just a really dramatic <laughs> ass recreation of that, except they didn't do a good job explaining where the rat powers came from. Which, well, uh, sorry, you know. uh, Yeah, so yes, he injects some fresh some fresh Hugo blood into his veins um, um. With, with a syringe that like looks like it's literally the size of a pencil. Like the hole in the <laughs> syringe is enormous, and the holes in yeah. his arms are are gross. They're and so I'm, big. I'm pretty sure, yeah, the holes are blisters from the bite that's infecting him. <sighs> also, like, why not just do an, an, like a new hole? Like he already has a ton of holes in his yeah, arm, they and they injected into an already open hole. Like yes, clearly, clearly, you have not injected things in your body. You got only so many like good spots to go into, and once you start using that so. shit up, like you got to just go back in. You got to go, go back into dip. the same. Yeah, and yeah. then you just kill your veins. I mean, there are people who inject heroin in their toes because it's like the last yeah. like fucking viable. That's vein gonna in say, their body. say you end up with like nasty track marks and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of that. But um. Yeah, also, apparently, um, uh, blood types are irrelevant in in this universe oh, as well. Blood yeah. types, temperature. Well, I mean, they probably were irrelevant because they didn't understand air, them. But. Air bubbles. <laughs> You're telling me that that syringe was, you know, sanitized and didn't have any air bubbles in it? I don't think yeah. so. It was sanitized by the power of the Lord. 
Is that, is, that a, is that a rat hair inside of this wrench? <laughs> I'll probably be fine. Give him extra power. I think that's the least of the worries. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, Lord Nicholas does tell uh, Vitalis that Hugo is somewhere around the cathedral and mm-hmm. that um, he's like, I can, I can go look for him. And Vitalis tells him, like, no, no, no. The, Beatrice is, is regaining consciousness, like go interrogate her. Uh, and essentially this next section is just you as Hugo following Lord Nicholas to your mom's cell. Yeah, it's a very shit GTA pursuit mission clone. The first syringe was in the 1600s. And that wasn't even like a glass syringe. That was like the first time anyone had even thought of the idea of a syringe. So now they're just getting the historical inaccuracies just getting wild. Because this is just... That's just the first publicly recorded syringe. Exactly, yeah, they did it under the table syringes. (laughs) There are early versions of hypodermic needles that were not used as syringes from ancient Greece, but, like, the syringe itself where you actually push the, like, you know, the fluid through into the body was not developed until the 1600s. Like, why couldn't they just have, like, in an earlier scene with Vitalis, there's this weird bowl thing that's hanging on, like, a... Like, it's almost like an IV of the day, where it's like this weird giant yeah. bowl of blood that is then going into his body. But, like, why yeah, did they we just... First met, uh, this is when we first met Vitalis. Yeah, why didn't they just have that? Why all of a sudden is this, like, fucking syringe here? It doesn't add anything to the story. I wouldn't have thought anything differently if they're just, like, pouring a cup of Hugo's blood into a bowl and then running it right into his veins. Well, like, Well, even that, like, the, that scene, there's, like, a uh, some kind of you know, apparatus stuck into that corpse. And then the, the magister is like pumping it with like a hand pump into that, like tube you're talking about. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, that could have just hand pumped into Vitalis instead of pulling out this like fancy syringe that they had. I think we're overthinking the syringe. Yeah, I think uh, so. Hey guys. There's um, such thing uh, as overthinking historical inaccuracy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to say about, uh, you essentially follow Nicholas to your mother's cage. Yeah, pretty right. much. Yep. Um, yep. Wait, that's cell? basically it. Nothing cell? adds. Yeah, cell cage. Uh, yeah, cell. <laughs> probably so in way. my mind, so, like a cage is she's like an animal. It is. It is yeah, a cell. like a Tweety Bird. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So you do follow Lord Nicholas to the Beatrice cell, and you are reunited with your mother, and she's. No! 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 Note, <laughs> you you follow this. Okay, so so far you've been playing as a tiny, sad little boy for like way too long you're already frustrated you sat through this gratuitous cutscene, and now you're following this night and you get to your mother's cell and you need some fucking keys which is just <laughs> why why have that why not just have it like where you can just open the latch and you're like yay happy well, she's a prisoner she so, be locked up what you can lock a door from one side she still wouldn't be able to open it you see the holes between those bars she could reach around and unlock it herself anyway it sucks and you have to find keys and it's a pain in the ass and you have to move the damn lantern just like Amicia does where you swing it around and make a path through the fucking rats and there's three of them you have to move in the correct way just to get this yeah, goddamn pair of keys. Yeah, I did this section a couple of times too just before. And, I, and honestly, I finished this section by a technicality because I couldn't figure it out and just was like ran and got like, because if you get caught by the rats, yeah, like, a, yeah, yeah. like a section. See, there was like but, a, yeah, there was yeah. like a, maybe a foot or two of where rats were still available. So they just started attacking him, but he ran through enough into the light that he could get out of it. So he kind of cheesed yep. it a little bit, but hundred percent cheesed it. Not you're a, talking not a... about, sorry, you're talking about the whole get Beatrice's key section. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. This took me many attempts. Um, yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's getting the lanterns, right? Cause if the, if the line's even slightly exactly. off, you just get consumed. 
yeah i do i do take a distinct pleasure in watching hugo get eaten by rats (sighs) you're a monster (laughs) it's really fun his little boy screams as he just like is getting eaten you hear it here first ankles up kai loves little boy screams (laughs) one of my top three favorite things um yeah you get the you get the keys off of the wall you make it back to the cell and you open it and you are reunited with none other than your mother who you presume to be dead and you're like your first thing you say is hello and the second thing you say is amicia lied to me (laughs) (laughs) like immediately turns in his sister and he's like Amicia said you were dead. How are you going to respond to that? Hmm? What you and this is this is interesting because this is immediately uh, things have been crazy right up to this point. This is where shit starts hitting the fan because Beatrice tells Hugo because he's been having these headaches. He's trying to resist them. She's like, no, Hugo, talk to the voice inside your head. Lean into it. Don't try to resist She's the headaches. Fucking wild. And then and then he's like, oh. I can control the rats now. I know. Now you have a new power. All the problems were solved. Like. Oh, yeah. oh, I've just been fighting it. If I just would have embraced it, now I can control the rats. Like, are you fucking... This is, this well, is what, was, what it what takes? What was the point of the cure? Is the cure the, what gave him the ability to control the rats? Or if he just gave him the entire time, he could have controlled to, them. To bring back a point that Ben said earlier, it would have been better to have the cliche, I'm angry and that activates my power, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trope. Because at least that's like compelling dramatically whereas this is just like pissing you off because you've just played literally at least an hour of hugo who is just an incapable child and then suddenly someone's like hey just think about it and then now suddenly hugo is like oh yeah i have rat powers it's like are you you couldn't have done that an hour and a half ago when you were fucking getting eaten like the moment you were getting eaten you couldn't have controlled the rats (laughs) right i will say well, first of all, this is fucking weird because now you have the new power Imperium, which allows you to hold the left back trigger and you can control where the rats go. It's similar to the Odorous, where they all kind of cultivate in one little spot. They do that, mm-hmm. except now you can move them around. Um, it, as much as it's fucking strange and just so jarring that they're like, here's your powers, I think that it introduces deuces like an interesting and i talked to kai about this too an interesting dynamic with the rats like uh, this new dichotomy of like throughout the entire game they have been a problem and they've been something you've been trying to avoid and attacking you and killing you and now you kind of have this like power fantasy of i can control these things that have been uh, essentially killing me this entire time which i think uh-huh. is is interesting it is interesting but it definitely also raises a lot of questions like so 100 oh, <laughs> so if the the, the macula is the power to control these rats right mm-hmm. so somehow the macula and the rats are linked so then it begs the question of why were you trying to cure this child in the first place or is it that the cure helps him control them because similar no. to like in like at, at when the when lucas finally put the last drop into that thing and the rats were calm and essentially subdued is that's what is that combined with the macula bloodline used to control the rats mm. because that's how i mean eventually later on vitalis is the bad guy and stuff like that that's why he wanted hugo's blood so he can have that blood in himself because he yeah, needs a he combination wanted... of the two no but that's the thing is he doesn't know he doesn't know hugo has been cured quote unquote he only knows that Hugo has the macula in his blood. Mm, yeah. Nothing in the story, I mean, unless I missed something, but as far as I remember, nothing in the story leads me to believe that Vitalis knows Hugo has yeah. been cured because he doesn't tell him. I think I think there's a scene later on where he, he 
kind of talks about that or at least hints to that being a possibility because he was trying to he was trying to force hugo to pass the next threshold and it wasn't working and he's like oh he might have taken a cure or something like that i think that comes off like like offhandedly but no you're right i'm off to google um you shall continue talking if you wish (laughs) i will come back the next section is essentially just exiting this cathedral with your mom and your newfound rat powers Mm -hmm. um and using those rat powers to you don't attack guards just yet. Cause I don't know if there's any guards in these sections, but you're just, you're just making your way through rats. If there's any rats blocking your way, you're using those powers to kind of make, m- make a way for you to go through. Um, making my way through rats. There's our, there's our, I uh, wish that played copyright claim. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> if I did a good enough job singing that, that they're going to claim copyright, I will be flattered. That is. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, th- that's pretty much the gist of it, is you going through this section, uh, just moving rats around, trying to get your mom out of the cathedral. Uh, you eventually make your way back to the main area where Vitalis was when he was talking to the archbishop. And this is where uh, the cutscene happens, where... Uh, Beatrice is begging Vitalis you know, like, to like leave Hugo out of it. Hugo's just like take me instead, essentially. And and Vitalis is saying that no, Hugo's going to rule on my side next to me. Like he's going to be part of me, and we're going to control these rats together. Um, okay, sorry, no, I'm go here. for it. So, um, the thing that Lucas created, I, I had to go to the Plague Tale fan the, the dark web. Yeah, <laughs> um, so. Essentially, the way it works, very briefly, I'll break this down. So there are stages to the Prima Macula. So you have when it's dormant, when it's the great break, which is when it stops being dormant and manifests into what they call the original state. So the original state is uh, occasional headaches with a ringing noise and a sense of dread, most often when rats or potential danger is nearby. Bro, literally just anxiety. Yeah. Pre-threshold, voices can be heard in the carrier's head and they experience a sensation of something growing in their body. Yes, he does reference that. First threshold, the the carrier experiences excruciating pain and the inability to walk. Chances of the the carrier dying from the pain are significant. The carrier may begin to manifest ability to control rats. Mm. And then post-threshold, Pain seems to abate, but blackened veins become more apparent, reaching across the host's face, and later also abating as the marks disappear. The carrier can now fully control rats. The carrier may experience changes in their voice, as was the case with the Talus. <laughs> Sorry. It's, I know. That was, that was such a visceral reaction. I didn't even mean to laugh there. <laughs> but what Hugo gave to... So essentially this cure they're talking about isn't yeah. a outright cure. What it does is it reverts the prima macula back to the original state. Mm. So it, before when, okay, right, it's a ringing noise and a sense of dread, but there's no headaches and there's no chance of death. So the idea would be gotcha. that Hugo would have to continuously take this elixir to keep the prima macula in the original state. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and it, it really was just to stop him from possibly dying from it. Yes, yeah, and... <clears throat> Um, I don't know why they mentioned second threshold, but there is only one threshold. So it's like you go to the threshold and you either die or you go past it. And if you go past it, that's when you have the full powers. So Vitalis injected himself 
with the blood of Hugo thinking that it was the first threshold blood and he would be able to manifest the ability to control rats where in reality he got it probably pre-threshold or original state because of the elixir so it wasn't as powerful mm. as he imagined but Lucas isn't there to give Hugo more of the cure so yes. that's why it continues to progress and what happens in the next sections what we talk about yes yeah <clears throat> Interesting. Um, where we left off, though, is when we were talking about the the, the scene where Vitalis lets all the rats into the, that little area that you're in when he was talking to the Archbishop. And essentially, you have to protect your mom from the rats by using the rats to attack the guards, essentially. Yes. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You're killing the guards is yeah. basically what you're doing. And this, I mean, you immediately see like Hugo is uncomfortable with this because this is the first time he's killed anybody. He's he's physically using his powers and he's telling the rats outright to kill these people that are coming after him. Yeah, but it's okay because Mummy said he can. So yeah, uh, how did you how did you uh, fare with this, Ben? Because I died a couple times because of uh, there's a couple archers that show up, and if you don't get them soon enough, they'll take. Her yeah, out. so you have to you have to hold the left back trigger, which gives you like a little crosshair on the floor, and then you can move that. Um, left and right but also up and down to move it into the background and the foreground um, and it takes a little bit of getting used to I luckily I didn't die I came very very close I could mm. tell like archers were like pull, they had their arrows pulled back and I was like I just managed to, to yeah, get that yeah and they're coming from like all around you like you're in a circle oh, yeah, here yeah. and they're coming from every direction so you're constantly having to move the camera around into different directions to kind of see where they're coming from yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I fared okay with it. It did take a while yeah. to get the hand of though. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about before. This Vitalis was trying to use this event to trigger, essentially, Hugo passing into the next threshold or what, however that Correct. works. Correct, yeah, 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 yeah. So you wanted to get him past the threshold so he could take the blood and then be guaranteed the ability to control rats. Right. Uh, ultimately, he he fends off all the guards coming and they, they take Beatrice away again. Uh, well, he collapses, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hugo collapses out of exhaustion, I imagine so. And then they said something about, like, Amicia. Like, maybe Amicia is the trigger for this this threshold to go through. Yeah. So, so they, they, I mean, they're trying to... Sorry, I was say they're trying no, to good. do what, um, what I was talking about. Like, right. cause some sort of reaction in him. Like, some yeah. visceral response. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure after he collapses here, that's the end of Chapter 14. It is indeed. I run a chapter 15. Remembrance. Is Kai still with us? Are you here, Kai? Yes. He's still <gasps> Oh, oh my God. Shit. Plot, plot twist. He's still here. <laughs> uh, the beginning of chapter 15. I feel like we're at a seance. <laughs> Is Kai still with us? Can you mm. hear him? Give us a sign, please. I told you I was a ghost <laughs> in the last episode, and guess you what? Did, yeah. I am a ghost. It's fucking canon. Yeah, it's canon. Uh, the the next chapter starts with uh, a month later at at the chateau. So it has been a month since Hugo has I ran love away. This first sentence of this walkthrough <laughs> somehow hasn't given up on Hugo yet. Yeah, a month later, Amicio somehow hasn't given up on Hugo yet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The sun is setting, and the braziers need to be lit. Braziers? Bra braziers? Yeah. No, uh, no, definitely not braziers. Braziers. <laughs> 
you uh, are trying to stop the nighttime infection of rats. Right. And it kind of seems like this this sets up that they have like this nightly ritual of every night they set it up to kind of stop the rat. Like the rats come every night and they set this up to kind of stop the rats from coming every single night. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like routine. They, uh, Amicia goes out to Arthur and, and Melly and they're having a discussion and Arthur ultimately helps uh, Amicia set these uh, the uh, – things whatever to be lit and like i said it kind of seems like that's just like a routine that they've been doing yeah and uh, i believe they're having a conversation arthur wants to leave yeah arthur was talking to melly and he was talking about leaving the chateau the chateau do you reckon at some point the rats could create a rat tornado big enough that they could like put out the sun and then just run Asobo <laughs> Studios I know your game comes out next year and you're probably well into development but I want a hurricane hurricane sized rat yeah. a rat hurricane essentially in the game mm-hmm. a rat hurricane a rat hurricane the, the plot is going to be that they're going to try and put out the sun so they can just eternally roam the earth it's just going to be with the plot of like uh, of like Sharknado but with rats yeah <laughs> yeah you um how did you find this I whole mean, kind of interaction with uh, Arthur and Amicia I mean, this is cool because it, these are two characters that haven't had a lot of time to interact with one another. Uh, but gameplay-wise, it was it's it was this, this exact same thing we did kind of the first time we came to the chapter, mm. except there's mm. no rats for us to actually hold back. Yeah, there, there was no eddies. No, no eddies to, to hold back until you get the final uh, brassier set in place and the rats come. But That was the most white way of pronouncing that Brazier. 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 Well, i didn't want to say i didn't I, I, it's it's you on the for them braziers to come it's on down. the cusp of brazzers and i did that's a slippery slope <laughs> Whoop! take one misstep and you're on a very different trajectory exactly uh the rats are coming but at a far bigger rate that they had anticipated the they, rats they are, fill the pit and overflow like yeah the rats are overflowing and they start attacking the fire and putting out fires all around the place. So now you have to try to make your way back into the chateau with Lucas and Melly and and guide Arthur back there as well by moving yeah. everything you just did back the opposite direction. Like why? Yeah. I I, was, I, I know we, we did the they, whole thing of setting us. all of them and then we do it all over again. Yeah, I mean, I know plot wise it makes sense. They're setting up for the night. The rats come, you know. There's more rats than they expected. They're overrun. They have to I, reverse everything to get back into the castle. But... I feel like that could be a cutscene. Like we've done this. So I mean, and I understand like yeah, the first time, like setting them. Sure. Like, we go and set them. I like that because it showed some kind of routine that they have every night to stop the rats from coming. But then why make me do it all over again? Just give me a cutscene. I don't want to do it all over again. I've already done this before. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have to say. No, I mean, you know, um, uh, Misi and Arthur make their way back into the main hall with Lucas and Melly. And who comes around but King? I said King Arthur. <laughs> Lord Nicholas uh, comes trotting up, up the stairs with little old hugo with him and hugo yeah they, his fancy little hugo. they like knock the door down don't they and then yeah they knock the door you're, down you're in the fireplace and you're like oh we gotta escape and it's like bitch no exactly and amicia sees that I, I imagine that hugo at this point has passed his his threshold or he's on the cusp of it because he mm-hmm. is blank face surrounded by rats and he's essentially here to kill he's the amicia. rat king he's the rat king he is chip and dale <laughs> Or not? What? 
Because <laughs> the, the Rat King game was Chip and Dale from the last episode. Remember, it was not, but that was Squirrel King, bro. Oh, well, it's just fucking whatever. Same thing. I'm so confused. Verminkin. Verminkin. How, how many bad metaphors are you going to use? All of them. <laughs> um, Amicia, Amicia is shocked by seeing Hugo <gasps> and. Wow. Hugo. Amicia, are you here? Um, shocked by seeing Hugo in this state and Hugo is here to kill Amicia and that is going to push him through the next necessary threshold Um, but he doesn't he's a bitch he doesn't Uh, they escape they run away to the main main courtyard Um, and this oh yeah yeah they run to the main courtyard and uh, he's certainly not reading the walkthrough guys no 100% this is this is off the dome this is off the top. <laughs> no, guys, guys, I'm reading my own notes, okay? So oh, sure, 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 get sure, off sure. my dick. Get off my dick. Um, you get you... rocked with a literal rock. <laughs> wow. Uh, essentially, you're being approached by Lord Nicholas and Hugo. And you, essentially, in this section, all you have to do is just walk backwards as they're approaching you. How essential is it? It's essential. Because <laughs> you said essentially three times. So I just <laughs> Dude. You don't understand how essential this is. <laughs> that if you don't walk backwards, you will die. Yeah. I was gonna say, actually, walking walking backwards is pretty essential. <laughs> <laughs> so essential. Essential. Uh, well, essentially, you have to. Um, <laughs> you're walking backwards. Lord Nicholas is telling Hugo to just fucking kill Amicia already. He's like, okay, if you're not gonna do it, I'll do it. Literally grabs Hugo's head and pushes him out of the way. I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit! It's like, stop being a bitch. Right, exactly. <laughs> as he as he approaches closer and closer to Amicia, Amicia yells for Arthur to push the rocks down, and a big trap, which I guess they had set, that's just full of these giant boulders, crushes and lands on top of Lord Nicholas, and he is uh-huh. essentially dead. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna, there's going to be a counter. I'm going to see how many times I can use it. <laughs> By uh, the power of Christ, though, he lives... <laughs> He, he 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 i mean he just fucking stands up and pushes these rocks off and is like uh tis but a scratch uh well, you will well, die. good good well, monty first... python reference thank you thank you <laughs> but first before before we even notice that he gets up uh hugo is standing there just swarms of rats around him and he amicia is like I'll, I'll go talk to him let's let's try to let's try to talk him off the edge essentially um he goes up to she goes up to Hugo, tells him that she's she's sorry for lying to him and everything oh, like yes, that. And yeah. and he does like launch rats at her, but as he launches a rat tornado at her, she runs in to hug him, and then all rats disperse, and Hugo is fine and he's saved. He's past the threshold with an iron fist. That's it. Sure. That's, that's, okay. yeah. <laughs> it makes about as much thing, sense as it can. The that only thing you thing needed was a happened. hug. A hug from your friends is will go a long way. Unfortunately, Lord Nicholas did not die from the rocks, and as he stands up, he does kill Arthur. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He he fucking takes this like seven foot long sword he has. It just dries it through Arthur's him. chest. Yeah. Uh and this sets up the boss fight with Lord Nicholas. Mm. And which the last honestly dish part gone. of the game. Yeah, I honestly kind of enjoyed. Oh, I enjoyed the Nicholas fight. Oh God, fucking rat tentacles! You people are so simp's for weird shit. There's no rats here. It's just fucking Fireboy. So essentially, like, what you have to do is you um, use Hugo's ability to 
get the rats onto Lord Nicholas. Right. right? Now no, you have we're both talking about Nicholas. You... Never mind. I thought we were on Vitalis. My bad. Oh, no, 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 we're, no, not, no. We're, not, we're not there yet. I was no, like, no, were you talking about chapters. fucking tentacles? I was like, ah, I see. I see where we're going. No, Lord Nicholas, uh, yeah. So you... no, now you have the ability of Amicia and Hugo. So you can combine yeah. those two abilities together. Correct. Yeah. Which is busted as fuck. Um, yeah, it really is. So you, you essentially... Uh, uh, I believe this is when Hugo tells you that... Oh, sorry. Yeah, really. This is when Hugo tells you that um, there are pockets of rats under the ground, but yeah, they can't he, he come can, like, out because them of the torch. Them. Yeah. yeah, so you can use your extinguishers, whatever it's called, to put the fire out, and then rats will come out from the ground. You can then use Hugo's ability to set those rats onto Lord Nicholas. Right. And at first I was like, cool, <laughs> all you I... Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> so I'll just put them on Nicholas, and then I, he, I thought he died, he went down. But somehow, Lord Nicholas is the only person that seems capable of uh, fighting these rats off. Yeah, he's a super. He's Superman essentially. Yeah, he's so super, he he uh, stands up with his sword covered in flames because you know uh, Inquisition and and such, and <laughs> you now have to put out his sword as well as put out the flames around to release the rats and to get him. And then I believe the third time he comes up and he's entirely engulfed in flames or like the top half yeah, of him is. Yeah, like his top half is engulfed in flames and you have to do that a second time. Yeah. And then the third time, yeah, apparently the rats just needed some time to chew through the armor before they could get to him because the yeah. third time he goes down, he, yeah. he does die. He, no, he really goes down because the, the floor beneath him opens up and he gets sucked up by rats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Watch him still not be dead. Watch him become a fucking <laughs> antagonist in the sequel or something. In the sequel. Oh, probably 100%. A play tale. The, the subheading is just Lord Nicholas Returns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you. I think this was one of the, the quote-unquote boss fights in this game that I, I kind of enjoyed, you know? This was the best one of the whole boss, of the, of the whole game. Yeah. I mean, it definitely narratively, it has the most compelling like reason to kill him. I mean, he directly mm -hmm. yeah. killed your father and supposedly killed your mother, even though mm -hmm. we know that and has been chasing you and trying to kill you this entire time corrupted your brother against you like exactly yeah. of yeah, all the people yeah. that deserved to die in this game lord nicholas was probably top well yeah, yeah, the, second <laughs> right, right right there's still, there's still one more guy that kind of <laughs> needs to be taken out uh after this a cutscene happens where melly uh rightfully so mourns the loss of her brother and she's pissed she's like i'm gonna oh, fucking yeah. kill all of these guys yeah. and they decide you know what we're going to take the fight to them. We're going to head towards the castle and we're going to take out Vitalis. The, yeah, they're like, oh, we're going to kill Vitalis. And then he goes like, and save Mama. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. We're all about killing now. We want to kill yeah. as many people as we can. Yeah, it, it's it's weird how, like, obviously you need Hugo because Hugo's like this badass superhero who can control these carnivorous rats. But, like, it's interesting how quickly Amicia's like, yeah, fine. You can come with us, Hugo. You can save your mum. Like she knows she needs him. She oh, knows absolutely. there's no way she's going to get. He's the most viable them. character that Ned there now. Mm -hmm. What else is everyone else putting to the table? He, he can control rats. How the tables doff turn. How the tables have turned. Well, that leads us into chapter sixteen: coronation. Mm. Y'all know what a coronation is? Yep, it's when people will coron. No. Uh, yeah. No, sure. No, Isn't it like this... a party, or is it like you're going to adulthood? I mean, it's a party of sorts. So maybe it's different elsewhere. But in the UK, uh, a coronation is the Fear ceremony. 
you know, it's the ceremony in which you crown the new monarch, so oh. the king or the queen. So you'll have like Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. So they would go to Westminster Abbey. There's like a big speech that's read and the crown's put on her head and she officially becomes the queen. So the idea is that mm. if you haven't guessed, Vitalis is going to be coronated as the king. He is going to be or, the rat king and take over the world. Or this is where Hugo becomes the rat king. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, so at the beginning of this chapter, you're entering the city, and again, you are taking the fight to Vitalis, and you have to essentially, I think it was last episode, we went through the city already to get to that area, and now we're it's pretty much retracing our steps. I believe so, yeah. It's the same city well, as the university. It's, and then the yeah, it's, the same, it's not the like, university, it's the same city, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cathedral's on the other side or something. Yeah. Um, you have a cutscene where you, you, you and the team split up, Lucas and Melly distract some of the guards one way, and then you, Hugo, and Roderick take out another guard, which you now have a new mechanic where you can have, if you're a wrestling fan, you can have Roderick RKO the... Uh, <laughs> the guards <laughs> he literally oh, the- runs up and just oh, fucking yeah. obliterates them and then snaps oh, their neck 100% it's like and snaps their neck. for those wrestling fans at home <laughs> wrestling fans Plague Tale this it's is all, your spot it's all, it's all is, there's a very niche crossover but, uh, <laughs> it's literally one person oh gosh <sighs> uh, but I think this leads up to the section that I had remembered being very hard were is it you... in front of the cathedral? I... Oh no, I I've jumped remember. forward quite a bit. Are you talking about the bit with the car? Where are you? Do- Let me just you talk what you're talking about, and I will work out what we're <laughs> ben, talking ben about. Ben will catch up wherever <laughs> we're sitting at the moment. I've given up oh, on trying no, to keep track of no, this. No, I've, I've, I'm, I'm talking about very much later. Oh, oh okay, right. Oh, God. Because there is a very small section, so you work your way through the town, and uh, you come up to a section where there's like seven guards like six or seven guards i think and yeah as amicia roderick and hugo you have to make your way through extinguishing certain fins melting helmets summoning yeah, rats was, that, like, yeah that was what i was talking about to get to yeah. like, get to the door where roderick's trying to break the door down after that section right correct yes, yes yeah yes. that's what i was talking about uh when we played the, the first time this was the part that almost made kai and i quit the game it's very fucking difficult because it's like a it's like a little market area or something like yes, there's yes and the guards are very close to one another and so yes, you right. can't take out one will definitely alert the other ones yeah you can't 100%. really do much and you you have to balance sending roderick to kill one while hugo kills the other and it's um it, it's a definitely a trial and error method i did not do this first time this took me several attempts yeah, surprisingly, I think we did do it the first time around this yeah, time. Yeah, we somehow lucked our way into doing this the first time. Last time, it literally took at least two hours. Like, we we almost quit the game. We were like, we're never doing this again. Like, this is ridiculous. We're never going to get through this. And for some reason, I don't remember having Hugo's powers last time. Maybe we were just dumb and forgot it was a yeah, thing. But I, So I was using the the rats to, like, attack the guards. I don't think I used that at all in the last, last time I played this. Because yeah. I don't remember um, using the rats at all starting to understand why you struggled a little bit yeah. <laughs> oh, oh really <laughs> uh yeah I, that was weird i i must have blanked out or maybe we did and it was still hard i honestly don't know yeah. but i remember being frustrated and it was just like oh we got through it yeah um after you do that you 
notice that Melly and Lucas are on the other side of this kind of uh, this gap between the two of you, this hole in the ground. Uh, and to reach them, you have to go through this burning house. Mm-hmm, As mm-hmm. Roderick is trying to break down the door, more guards start appearing. And this is this part I struggled with a little bit uh, this time around trying yes. to because there's there's normal guards there's guards without helmets but then there's some of them with shields and there's some of them with like big armor and stuff like that and mm-hmm. the, honestly the one that gave me the most trouble it was the one without armor because he charges you so quickly and if you oh, cannot wind up fucker. oh yeah if you cannot wind up and take him out in time like he'll just charge you if if, if you get caught yeah. yeah and we should say as well that some of these are carrying uh lanterns some of them have yeah. torches and so so some of, yeah some of them you can like kill just by getting rid of the lantern because there are rats nearby but then others need to have rats sicked onto them and it's like it's a whole big thing i think this section made for interesting mechanics because you couldn't just sick the rats on everybody and if you took the lantern out on one person another person was holding a torch and ran near them and then you couldn't use the rats to take them out because another person had you know a source of light to to quell the rats from killing them so it was trying to figure out yeah 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 but um yeah now you you make your way into a burning building and uh you know no smoke inhalation does not affect anybody in in middle age france like they they were just choking up along the entire time they're totally fine you know yeah i think they say like in the uk like when we have like we have like fire training you know like when you're a kid it's like you know don't like leave something lit in the house and like you know don't leave a candle on when you go out or whatever and they say that like five seconds, five or ten seconds of smoke inhalation is enough to knock somebody out. So, kind of the other day, the the other day we we're just watching uh, '90s commercials of fire safety, and they're hilarious. God. And oh. I have that song stuck in my head. I was like, now. "Where is this going?" I was so confused. Kind of the other day was in a, was in a horrible house fire, which we definitely <laughs> did not cause. Yeah, I uh, thought it was going to be like me. Yeah, me and Kai burnt a house down the other day and uh, ran through it so we could simulate <laughs> how accurate. We wanted, it was. we wanted to get the real feeling of what Amicia, Hugo, and Roger went through. We know mm-hmm. we we take this seriously. We take this podcast seriously. So. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of research for you guys. Oh, 100%. Uh, as you make your way and exit the house, you're now, I mean, your task the whole time was to do this, but you have to reach the cathedral. Uh, you Co- come up to... What? Sorry, I've just realized, I did not realize something until now. So you can put the fires out on the doors, you can use the extinguishers or whatever. Yeah. But it says here, I completely forgot about this, you have to ask Roderick to open the door. Yeah, and this this is something that comes. I understand asking him to knock out a guard. That's fine, but like, the door is the only way out, and it happens quite a few times before when we had Roderick as well, where you have to ask him to do something that is the only way to progress the level. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know why that is a fin. I don't know why that's a mechanic that exists. I mean, even and with I've the door, just if you realized... never if you never told him to break the door down, he wouldn't have done it. No, that's what I mean. He he will literally stand there Roderick, and look at the door. Big muscles, very small brain. That's uh, <laughs> that's just how it goes sometimes, you know. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, coming up to the next section, you there's like this this cart with a couple guards standing next to it. You take out the guards. <clears throat> oh, and they have they have they have two prisoners below yeah. them that they're keeping captive. Uh, you take out the guards and the, the captives are, are grateful that you have saved them and they run towards the cathedral and then get shot by archers that are standing not too far away from you. Uh, yes. And now you're tasked with 
Roderick pushing this massive cart. Like we're talking, this thing is huge. Oh, this is like, this is like transport five people across the country. This would be like the equivalent of someone just pushing a car. Not even a car. I mean, like easily, like oh, it's much heavier than a car. Oh, you think it, so? It would, yeah, it would right. easily be like a a big SUV, maybe a small van or something. Like yeah, it would yeah. be fucking heavy. That's all solid wood. You gotta yeah. think. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, true. cars are made of aluminum now, and like right. are on actually functioning wheels. This dude is yeah. pushing a two-ton cart uphill in mud. Like it's yeah. literally. First of all, it's impossible. But the suspension of disbelief for once works and causes a, a dramatic uh, a moment yeah. within the game where this this boy conjures superhuman strength uh, to push this cart even though it, he struggled to break down a flimsy door in a burning house 10 <laughs> seconds ago but what, what do i know you know oh. and, and and you know this this scene is very dramatic like the music that's playing oh, yeah. is very dramatic you understand that like there's going to be a point as roger's pushing this where he's going to be in view of these archers mm-hmm. uh unfortunately doing this over and over and over again kind of takes away from the, the emotional feeling of it because I died yes. so many times in this section. Yes, yeah. so basically Roderick is pushing this car up the hill and the idea is that Amicia and Hugo are using the car as cover and so you sort of right. stay behind it and then there's a section where a set of stairs go down and there's a short little path and then the set of stairs go back up and the idea is you have to stay in this bit and you're out of view of these archers on the roof opposite that are shooting the arrows and guards come along you have to use a slingshot to take out the guards they're coming from the front they're coming from the back there's like multiple of them sometimes there are archers that come around the corner on the ground that shoot you is very very annoying um yeah it it was it was hard i tried to save roderick because it was obvious he was going to get hurt right i didn't know what the extent of the injuries would be but it was obvious he was going to get hurt and so they started off with three archers on the roof. And I was like, well, if I take out those archers, we're fine. I didn't even think about that, yeah. But you can't. <laughs> you physically okay, can't. Well, thank, thank, thank God we didn't try. Yeah. You can, you can take them out, but basically what happens is the archers will like raise an alert and attract more archers. More it gets archers to the point where down. you have like yeah. eight or nine archers. And you only have a finite amount of rocks. Like I had 10 rocks. So if I'm taking out seven archers, I can't take out the four guards on the floor. Which the guards are the one that are probably going to kill you and stop you from progressing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I ended up on my like I think it's my fifth or sixth attempt. I ended up like just conserving yeah. bullets and not trying to save Roderick. Yeah. Ultimately, through all of my frustrations of doing that over and over again, you do pass to the other side. Uh, unfortunately, Roderick did get hit with an arrow. Many arrows. He has one. Mm. He only has one in him, but he seems fine. And then he lifts up this gate with Amicia. Hugo crawls under. Amicia crawls under, and then the gate is too much for Big Boy Buff Daddy Roderick to hold, and it falls in place. Uh, and this was where Roderick dies. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Not just dies, but like Ugh. he the like, whole time he's saying to Hugo, he's like, "I'm fine," and Hugo's like, "Roderick, please don't die," and he's like, "No, I'm fine, I'm fine." And then just like fucking passes out, and then passes that. out while looking Hugo dead in the eyes, holding his hand too, because he's still holding yeah. Hugo's hand as Hugo pulls away his hand and like flops From to the ground like a foot away. Yeah, it's I was so like, fucking traumatic. I forgot that Roderick died, and I was like, "Oh fuck, goddamn it!" Oh shit! Oh yeah, you had to re go through it. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't ready. <laughs> uh, oh man 
it's very but sad. this bit this bit was the bit that i was talking about that like the the scene beforehand with the guards last time was annoying but this was the scene i got really stuck on which was yeah. the entrance to the cathedral mm, i see yeah this, so this is this right in front of the cathedral of where there's like a, there's a there's a couple guards that are right in the front of the cathedral yeah there's only about four or five i want to say there's two archers in the back too i think yeah there's two archers on top of the steps uh there's like one shieldy boy one dude with a helmet and a lantern and then a normal guy with a sword and you have to just eliminate them all so you can get access to the to the chat cathedral yeah but i couldn't i was trying to do it in a way that meant that i wouldn't attract everybody Mm-hmm. and i just couldn't for the life of me and it ended up turning into a slog fest i ended up just killing them all no yeah that's exactly what i did i mean my, my first thing was kill archers first because that's where i kept getting killed was by the archers uh you can dodge the arrows by the way which i didn't know in a panic to try to kill another one pressing circle you can dodge the arrows that they shoot at you uh but ultimately, I found, I found a method that I can take out one of the archers first, and then if I was quick enough, I can go to the other one, and once the two other archers were dead, I can kill all the rest of the guards very easily. Oh, okay. All right, well, yeah. that's good to retrospectively know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Fuck you, it took me a long time. Uh, um, but yeah, I think after you killed them all, I believe, like, another six come out or something? Yeah, so there, there's just like a first set where you can be sneaky and take them out, uh, but the second set which is right at the foot of the cathedral stairs is where all the like five or six of them come out two archers, a couple shieldy boys, and they come out to attack you. Yeah. And they're just and you, using, using, using uh, Hugo's rats to take them out. Yeah. You just fucking absolutely decimate them. Uh, with vermin power. Vermin rat king. Rat king. Tail. I am the rat king. Uh, but now you are in, the cathedral and you are tasked to kill vitalis he's here he has our mother he's waiting for you she's in a bird cage it's foreshadowing we talked about bird cages <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> uh amicia and hugo are now ready to fight off vitalis i don't mm-hmm. remember what happens in the cutscene. what does he say ben give me the uh the he says I am evil person. Blah, blah. No, he he says something about um, how he's going to use the power of the macula to basically create what he thinks is the perfect world. It's it's a world domination trope. Yeah, um, which he summons his rats, and his mm-hmm. rats are white. This is a rat mm-hmm. hate crime that's happening right now. This is this is oh, rat on rat a, hate crime. Rat on, rat on rat hate crimes. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> the brown I, rats versus the white rats. I didn't think of it as, as like a race fin. I thought of it like... We, neither did we. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear. Because he's... Um, like, because he... Because he thinks he's doing this for the good of God. He thinks he's doing right. God's work. Right. Uh, and so... His his uh, rats are white. He even calls them like angels. Yeah. Do you want yeah, to do you want to know why they yeah. did this? Oh, go on. Uh, they did it because it would literally be impossible if they didn't. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> so who's, who's rats just, are who's? exactly. Imagine just all the same rats, but some rats are Vitalis and some rats are yours. And there's oh, also gosh, yeah. <laughs> there's like different there's like pizza sections, like angular triangles of rats that are owned by different, like either by Vitalis or yourself which you can either walk through or you can't because the rats will attack you. Like once the giant tentacles fall on the ground, they make like a pile of rats. 
So like if it was all just the same color, you would have no idea what's going on. So there, they had to be like, well, to how are we been... going to make this different? Yeah, that's the logical reason. I went down the like, you know, they're white because holier than thou and all of that stuff. But... I like to think of a, of a universe where they are the same, but like Vitalis rats have like sparkly little collars on, and that's how you <laughs> distinguish the two of them apart. Some of them are shiny and some of them aren't. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the Vitalis boss fight. Yeah, well, I was going to say, the, the one thing about his rats as well is that his rats are impervious to fire and are stronger than Hugo's rats, apparently. That's what it says here on the walkthrough. I don't know how they did that. Sure. Um, and there's a bit here where like um, Hugo is saying about how he's like, I'm the only carrier of the macula. And Vitalis is like, don't you remember who taught you? And is like trying to make out that he's the more wise one. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're back in control of Amicia and you just walk down the the church and you have the the benches either side of you and you're just walking towards Vitalis in a badass style. Hugo's making like rats come up left and right and bursting through the the cathedral. Yeah, that's actually that was pretty fucking like when that happens, he's literally like bringing them out of the ground and they're like knocking the benches out of the way. And I was like, and you're like, Shit's Hugo about to become dead. fucking evil. Like, what the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> um, and now Hugo can summon rat tornadoes, guys. Cool. We can summon rat tornadoes if we focus enough of them in Where one area. Where was that area. before? I wanted to use rat tornadoes before. Uh, no, you didn't. No, no, <laughs> no right. you, you just, uh, you you're just right. didn't want right. to have this at all. Like, it would have yeah. been great to not have any of this happen. And this is, I'm sorry for taking this out on Nicholas. Obviously, I was mistaken previously. But this, you're just like, ugh, come on, so, man. So the the mechanics behind the Vitalis boss fight, he is surrounded by his holier-than-thou white rats. Mm-hmm. And what he'll do is he'll launch a giant spire of rats into the sky right where he's standing and then slowly fall these spot fall the spire tendrils towards whatever direction you are in and the rats will spread everywhere that, and it'll go through different phases the first phase is just that after you do that he'll the rats will kind of disperse and you have to now command hugo to throw one of his rat tornadoes at Vitalis. Uh, mm-hmm. Vitalis also will drop down that little fire pit to stop Hugo's rats from continuing. You have to use your little thing to put out the fire. Yes. Uh, the second wave is now not only is he launching a rat's tendrils at you, he sends little waves of them and they'll come up as little circles underneath wherever you're standing. So it's 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 dodging all of Vitalis's rats and try to take, me out, take out the fire and throw Hugo's rats at Vitalis. There you go. And we Game's should over. say um, <laughs> after after Hugo sends the uh, the rat tornado in towards Vitalis, you can then slingshot Vitalis in the head. Correct. You That's, how you do three damage. That's how you do damage to the Vitalis. Good all yeah. three and done. And the the third the, the third wave he does is the, is the second wave, but the rat spire comes down a lot faster. Correct. Um, and the problem I had with this is that Hugo's rats are like little bitch rats (laughs) and are incapable of traveling down the middle if Vitalis' rats are covering the middle. Right. So not only do you have to dodge all of these like weird fucking 
Christian angel rats that are being thrown at you. You also have to dodge them in such a manner that they're not directly down the middle because Hugo is incapable of directing the rats in anything other than a straight line. And hey, this, controlling this, him. this is his first rat tornado, okay? He hasn't practiced. He's a little nervous. Give him a break. Oh, okay. It's performance pressure. That's what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot on the line here. You know, his family could die. He could die. He's, he's got, got grumblies in his tumblies. He's got grumblies in his tummies. His legs hurts. You know, it's, it's something's like, growing inside of him. <laughs> he has rat Which hair like... growing in places that he didn't know was possible. One <laughs> of my... Uh, how I, because I died a lot in this section too. I just accidentally ran into the white rats. What? Oh, oh, white, whoa, oh, <laughs> white rat sections sure. a lot. Oh, white is okay. right. Hell yeah, no, that's not true. America, <laughs> yeah. The white rat sections I ran into a lot. We know how you yes. feel. It's okay, you don't have to hide it anymore. You know. We should also say as well when you when you send a rat tornado <laughs> down say, the middle. We should also say as well that Jared is brown. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was going to say Jared is mixed I am, race. Yeah, so. I'm I mixed. Hi guys. Hi guys. That's um, me. When you send when Hugo sends his rat tornado down, Vitalis will also command rat tornadoes to just spin around in the area and try and get you. And if they hit was, you once, it's game over. Restart. Yep. yep. Yeah. I I, I had to do this at least eight or nine times. I feel. Yeah, I think ours was pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, because you get caught by a rat tornado, it's over. You run into a random patch you forgot about, it's over. Yeah. There's no coming back when you get touched by the white rat. No. No coming yeah, back. The, the white rat's touch. <laughs> what did you think of this boss fight then? I mean, it was Lame. frustrating. Lame. It was oh, frustrating. Sorry, I didn't know who you were asking. He was talking to me, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. Okay. I, I mean, like I said, I died a lot, and it was frustrating in the sense, like I said, if there was no distinguishable fact between these rats, this would be impossible to do. There would be no way of actually doing this boss fight because no, never. even though the rats were clearly a different color, I ran into them all because I'm not paying attention to the floor. I'm looking at the giant spire of rats that's falling towards me and trying to dodge them and dodge into the white rats. So that happened a lot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's in my mind, it's, it's the progression of crazy like rat tornadoes. Sure. And here we are, we're here at rat tendrils and rat on rat violence. And so Mm -hmm, I guess mm -hmm. I've just accepted it at at this point. I mean, I feel that maybe this is because it's off the back of the Lord Nicholas fight, right? Because the Lord Nicholas fight right. is it was literally... Good. It was is, good. I liked it's it. It's good, and one. it's like the chapter before, right? Right. And you finish, you kill Lord Nicholas, and then you come straight to Vitalis. Yeah. And so it's like, you've got this guy who's like setting his sword on fire, and like, you've got to hide from him and put the fire out so you can summon the rats. Vitalis, you just hit him in the fucking head with a couple of stones, and yep. he dies. I feel like it would have been so more redeeming to have Hugo kill him with the rats or his yeah. own rats consuming. That would be even better. Yeah. Like if he, he was like killed by his, Yeah, because he's not the original carrier because he's injected it into himself. He doesn't have full control over it. Yeah. That would be brilliant. Um, but no, just a couple of stones to the head. Kai. Thoughts? Ah. <sighs> Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's redeeming factors of this boss battle. Like, I mean, it is just, I, Vitalis as a character, I think, is is interesting. 
Um, even though there's literally no backstory about why he wants to do what he does or what his goals are once he gets rat power uh, or what he's hoping to accomplish in life in general or anything about him. Um, but generally, like, yeah, like, it's interesting to, to kill him. Um, but, like, it's just so boring. Like, it's so... It, it just feels so expected. It feels so... Yeah. Like, they didn't really try. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the tentacle thing is, is interesting. I do think, like, the ground of rats that you can't walk on is maybe like a cool mechanic but like you you set up an entire game i guess like relying on amicia's abilities with the sling and like where yeah you do like throw it at his head like i would have liked to see more reliance on her uh using her other the other things we've learned through the game in this like this should yeah this should be a culmination of everything you have learned up until this point so whether you're using you know the fucking i don't remember any of the names because none of them are <laughs> things that my brain will be able to retain but we just use is, extinguish and the normal ass rocks right and then like you like you can why isn't there a section where you light things on fire and why isn't there any other guards that are in the area that will come out that oh, you have God, to like fight so off hard. during the fight like oh yeah it's hard but it's more interesting than the yeah. battle yeah. that we have it was just kind of like yeah i just I mean, left it feeling you know not what if you could uh sorry go on, go on, go on. Uh, i just left it feeling not... not satisfied it was like oh, yeah yeah okay yeah i was gonna say what if um i didn't think about that you were talking about the things that we had previously like what if we had um that shit you throw that attracts the rats what if that was a mechanic of it so we could attract yeah. vitalis's rats onto himself yeah and then then like hit him with a rock or something i don't know yeah something or even yeah. like hit put the put the rats onto him and then make them explode and he takes like some sort yeah. of collateral damage from the explosion or something like or even if it's like at a certain point he uses his rats to like lift up hugo and like take him to him and then you just have to play as amicia to try to get hugo back so that you can finish the fight Hell, it's like I... go on that that's it that was the thought <laughs> no. no i mean you're right though yeah like i would have i would actually I, I don't know. I feel like I might have preferred to have played this boss fight as Hugo. Well, and I think because uh, just kind of progressing through this, at the end of the boss fight, obviously uh, Vitalis is dead. And there's this interesting interesting scene where it's like a, a slow zoom into Vitalis's face and then swapping into a slow zoom into Lucas's face as well. And it would have been interesting Lucas if Lucas... Or Hugo. Oh, fucking God damn it. Too many characters. <laughs> Hugo. Hugo's literally face. like four characters. I don't care. So clear. There's Hugo's none. face, and it would have been interesting if he was the one that killed him, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it wasn't Misi at the end. But it would have been this this interesting dynamic of like Hugo being the one to kill Vitalis, and then that would make this scene where Hugo's just staring at Vitalis's dead body even more just like eerie and creepy. It's like, is Hugo okay? Is he gonna like have this like rage of power, or is he gonna like mm-hmm. not be able to control the rats? Something like what's gonna happen with Hugo later? Yeah. yeah yeah this is this is kind of what i was saying i'll get into a bit more but with focus home like they can't they can't stick a landing i don't think yeah uh we finish up chapter 16 which leads into the epilogue chapter 17 uh, uh, the epilogue is pretty straightforward uh and this everything's all good and well hugo is happy and healthy he does not have the macula curse on his face anymore 
and essentially they're going through through town gathering supplies, meeting up with Beatrice and Lucas to try to find a new castle for them to live in, essentially. Uh, there's a couple of things you can do in this town. There's like a shooting practice that you can do if you want, which just involves Amicia knocking down some some cardboard rats that are around the around the place, which if you do all of them, you get an apple. So you can yep. give Hugo an apple, which is cool. Uh, there is it, it is interesting to see the dynamic of Hugo and Amicia after this because there's this fair that Hugo is really excited to go to. And there's these two gentlemen standing in front of it and like, sorry, you guys can't come in here. And they're they're almost like a, a little bit afraid of him. They're like, you, yeah, we don't want any trouble. We just, you guys can't come in here. And it's like, people know that their family, their bloodline, that Hugo is the one that has this macula in him and that he could, I essentially control the rats and no one wants to deal with that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These rats. Yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic between now Amicia and Hugo and the world that they're living in now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually you get up to the cart, you you tell Hugo that whoever gets the cart first gets 20 apples or something like that. Yeah, and then he's uh, a false little Yeah, again. Hugo pulls out his fucking sprinter legs again because, you know, where was that in the beginning of the game? Uh, runs to the cart, gets there first, and there's just a very cute scene of the cart drifting off into the sunset. There's not a sunset, it's snowing, whatever. And Amicia, <laughs> Amicia and Hugo just having a cute moment together. And that's and it. Beatrice is there. Don't forget she's the there. mom. She's the there, mom but she's is like sleeping. Yeah, she's resting up because she's been like yeah. tortured and stuff. So right. Oh, and then I think there's a scene where Amicia asks like Lucas, like, "How long is she going to be out like this?" And he says, "Like, probably for a while or something." Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I, <clears throat> I don't understand this ending. They're trying to find like, a new castle where they ride off into the sunset. What is what? What, what doesn't make sense about that? So, <laughs> so I understand. So, so I understand the idea that like the macula has gone back to the original state. That's why Hugo doesn't have the fins on his face. Mm-hmm. Cool. Why are they wanted people? So th- I, don't know, I don't know if they're wanted necessarily. I think people are just afraid of them. I mean, no, he literally says that a girl, a kid and a girl are wanted by important men. And that's why you have to leave. Uh, is there more inqu- I mean, the Inquisition is still here. It's not like just because we killed Vitalis, I mean, the Inquisition's done, you know? Right, but th- this is the thing. You look at it in two ways, right? First of all, Vitalis was excommunicated. So the church shouldn't be after us because he's no longer a member of the church. He was excommunicated. He's nothing to do with him. Secondly, he was trying to plan world genocide in the name of the Lord, which is very strictly... Well, it wasn't strictly against what the church was doing at the time, but it wasn't the way the church wanted to do it. We don't use rats. We use spears and guillotines and and other forms of murder, not rats. So they've helped the church and protected the church's image. And they've saved the townspeople from a psychotic, excommunicated priest. So why are they wanted? I think that in their eyes, Hugo could easily become Vitalis. That he could also be this person that becomes corrupt with power, especially now that he has quote unquote control over it, and he is actually the carrier where where uh, Vitalis was just you know false prophet. Well, I like that. That was nice. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So maybe they're just afraid of what Hugo could be. You know, he has this power. They know of the power, and maybe he's too dangerous to keep alive now. So the, also, the Inquisition the- is still coming in. Are the rats just gone? Yeah, like, they, said the rats just... they said they hadn't seen, they hadn't had rats in like six days or something like that. When you talk to the merchant guy, he's like, the rats are gone. 
So then what, what is there to fear from Hugo? Bro, There's they nothing for burned him to control. people for science. Using these people are like... <laughs> Yeah, the boy That's who controlled true. rats, okay. we're going to let it go. Like, no, they're going to yeah. fucking... They're like, if, if they drowned, it's not a witch. Like, this is not... They're not thinking through things. Yeah, fair play. I'll give you that. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, also, there's a sequel, and clearly in the banner for the sequel, uh, Hugo has the macula marks on his face. Oh, so oh clearly, really? Yeah, if you look at the banner, it's uh, Misi in the foreground and then Hugo in the background. You know, I'm going to double-check that before, <laughs> before I say yeah, it's just <laughs> spitting literally false... <laughs> False information. Just like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, Talk he's more. Why look at this? He's in the background. He doesn't have any marks on his face. Okay, you well, it was a complete lie. How well, dare no, you? Tell, it was a, complete tell lie. a lie. He has the beginning. He has the beginning of a macular vein under his eye. By the look of it. Okay, I thought I, I thought I remember seeing something about like seeing the macula on his face. So I wasn't completely lying. Ha! That is right. Let's just watching a trailer. Uh, Gone. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the sequel. If the macula comes back and isn't controlled, if someone else is, if maybe they find someone else on their bloodline that can control the rats that is like evil or something like that. Maybe the longest oh. brother or sister. I don't know. I think I think the picture of him with the macula scar is from the first game. Oh, okay. because in this trailer, he, he has doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. He has a scar where the macula vein was, mm. um, but he doesn't actually he doesn't actually have it. And also, I see now in the picture at the end, he does have it. Wait, mm, it comes back sometime. Oh, it's coming to Nintendo Switch. I hope that's cloud based. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cloud based. Both, oh, okay, both right, the first cool. one, because the first one's also coming to Switch and it's cloud based. And the second one is also going to be cloud based. Yeah, I knew, I knew the first one was cloud based, but I just wasn't sure. Like, yeah. Well, guys, that's it. We made it to the end of another main series. The Plague Tale Innocence is finished. <laughs> oh, my God. I think uh, Kai might be happy about that. Yeah. So, since you're so excited, Kai will give you first on your opinions of the game. Fuck this game. <laughs> Excuse me. I had a great time. Uh, look, I've played this game before. Right. And I have the same opinions and thoughts on it. Uh, the second time through as I did the first time through with some caveats. I find the theme of the plague incredibly interesting. I would love a historically sort of accurate. I get that it's impossible to do it completely, but like enough version of this game where you have to save a child during the plague. That would be awesome. The plague is literally featured for the first 20 minutes of the game and then completely dropped. And it's just like, this is not about the plague. This shit's about rats. Like, that's not what the plague was. Something you can't see or fight is a much more interesting enemy than rats just in general. Like, I get that mm -hmm. they blamed rats for the problems, but come on, you're focusing on the wrong shit. Secondly, the mechanics are repetitive and weak and boring after the first like two hours of gameplay i get she has a sling give us something else dear fucking lord any other weapon also we are surrounded by dudes with swords and shields and whatever other horrible weapons were invented during that time so like amicia pick up a goddamn sword even hugo at one point decides to pick up a shield as a joke but like that didn't spark in your brain maybe this will be a good i think idea so i don't get fucking speared out of nowhere, like, oh, come on. And also, just let the mom be dead. Like, <laughs> god damn. Like, why? Why bring her back? For what purpose? She literally does nothing but tells her son, like, just embrace it. And, like, that's her entire role. 
I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Also, you did no storytelling. You just, you did a lot of environmental building, but did not actually bring anything about the world up or make it cohesive. You're just like, there's a thing called the Prime Immaculate, and it runs in this family's, uh, this bloodline, but for some reason the sister doesn't have it, because, you know, it, even in the 14th century, apparently viruses or bloodlines were sexist, and it's like, it's only past the boys! But, like, come on! Like, do a better job telling the story. Do a better job with actual historical accuracy. Do a better job with building your mechanics in. And this could have been a really good game, and that's the most frustrating part, is it's, it is tantalizingly close to being something that's brilliant, that's so fun to play, to being something that could be, like, a Last of Us-styled, you know, historical plague game, and it's just not, and it falls short every goddamn chapter you play, and it reminds you of that it could be amazing, and it's just not. And that is the most frustrating part. But to end my long-ass rant, uh, who would I recommend this to? If you are someone who enjoys uh, the games rats. like last... If you like if you love rats. <laughs> no, like, but if you're someone who really does enjoy, like, a female protagonist, if you're someone who enjoys... Uh, like The Last of Us or Senua or those kind of games, like, yeah, give it a playthrough. Play through the first couple of hours. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you can suspend your belief to the point where you're like, yeah, this totally makes sense. I don't care about that. I'm not, you know, I'm not too connected to the narrative. It's just about having a good time playing a little sneaky snake game. Like, sure. But uh, anything past that, like if you're someone who really wants a good narrative, if you're someone who focuses on the mechanics, if you're someone who looks deeper than just the surface of what is offered in a game just avoid it like there's better games in, in these kind of genres there's better things you can spend your time playing if you haven't so that is my synopsis <clears throat> okay well benji you're last because this was your pick so i guess i'll go next same okay <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no uh, similar to again this is i've played this game before and i think that I as well had the same feelings towards it. There was a couple sections that weren't as frustrating this time, but there also were mechanics that came up that were frustrating. I think that, again, narratively, the story doesn't make too much sense, but you're right. The plot and the concept is there. Like, it's interesting. Like, this is an interesting concept to play on, but like you were saying, Ben, I mean, I haven't played it too much of this publisher's games, but it kind of falls short towards the end of it. They kind of lose what what made this game so interesting in the first place. I think that there's also a lot of really interesting characters in this game too. And Kaya talked about it. It's a shame that we don't hear more about them. Roderick dies and we don't know anything about him. It's, it's except that he He's had a blacksmith's a- son. What else? <laughs> what more do you need? You're right. You're right. That lets us know everything we need. You're right. Uh, same with Arthur. Like Arthur, at least Melly is like a big part of the game. Like Arthur comes in latter half after we find him and he's in there a little bit, but he also dies very quickly and we don't know a lot. I mean, we know a little bit of Melly and Arthur's backstory with their father and everything like that, but we don't know Arthur's emotions or Arthur's motivations and stuff like that. So it would have been really cool to explore some of these side characters motivations and and their backstories and everything and even with amicia we don't see a lot of character development until it's like right at the end and it's just kind of thrusted at you all at once and even then it's not that like it it feels jarring it feels very abrupt where if that happened more gradually throughout the the game i think it would make a little more sense uh i like the mechanics of this game i think that they slowly introduced things that i thought 
made the gameplay and how he traversed the world cool with the the whole lantern thing and even though controlling the rats is fucking weird and jarring as well i think it does it it creates this interesting like power fantasy where like this thing that's been killing me and the enemy essentially this entire time is now on my side and i can use it against the inquisition and i can use it against the guards and stuff like that so i think that that is interesting that's really cool um i think that you should play this game i mean it's on it's on game pass it has a sequel coming out and i think if they do it right it could have a lot of potential so i think that playing through this and kind of getting the foundation of what this world is would be good coming into next year when the sequel comes out so yeah go play plague tale in a sense Mm. okay you're up benji i fuck this game (laughs) (laughs) i no i i echo a lot of what you guys think um When I suggested this game for the podcast, I had hoped it would be the Focus Home game that would kind of break the streak that I had found. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't. You know, once again, it falls flat. Um, I won't go into the details of the other two games and where they fall flat, but similar principle. It's a great idea on paper. The characters are never fleshed out. The plot is never fleshed out to its full potential, and as a result, the ending just falls flat and the entire game suffers because of all of the things along the way through. Um, Now, that being said, this is not a bad game. It just is not an amazing game. And that's something that is also true of the other Focus Home games that I've played. The plot is good, even though it's never fully fleshed out. The mechanics are admittedly hit and miss, but if you're into Hellblade and Last of Us, like has been said, then this will be your sort of thing. Um, do I think you should play it? I, I, I think it depends. I think it depends. I think if you are someone who has Games Pass, then yes, 100% play it. If you're somebody who added it to your library on the PS5 because it was free, 100% play it. If you are someone who saw a Plague Tale Requiem advertised at E3 and it kind of piqued your interest and you're interested in that, definitely play Plague Tale Innocence so that you have the backstory because this will directly come off the back of a Plague Tale Innocence. If you do not fall into one of those three categories... I personally don't think you need to play this game. I don't think you're missing out on any spectacular elements at all. The plot isn't overly spectacular. The gameplay isn't overly spectacular. It's an okay game. Um, Now, maybe the sequel can save it. Maybe the sequel will flesh out all of the fins um that we've found issues with like none of the other focus home games i played had sequels call of cthulhu never had a sequel the council never had a sequel this is the first one that i know of that i've played that has a sequel so maybe that can redeem this ip i guess Hmm. but honestly i feel like yeah i I wouldn't say go and pay your hard-earned money for it unless you can find it cheap or unless you're really, really wanting to play the game. Yeah. 
I don't I don't think you're missing anything spectacular. If rats turn you on, I've <laughs> well, got a game for you. And who knows? The sequel might even mitigate the fact that you need to. Like, there might be a recap of being like, "This is what happened in the first game," because mm. it's been a decent amount of time between the two of them that you might not even need to play the first one. Uh, just all I really want from the sequel is just an explanation as to the, the origins macula. of the prima macula, right? Yeah. And maybe millie's still alive if millie's still alive and we come in contact with her that would be awesome if she explained a little bit more about her and arthur's childhood excellent you know maybe roderick had a brother or a sister or something like you know like i want roger to come back (laughs) i want to not be dead give me something you know give me something don't give me you know, oh, it's been four years and uh, the macula is rising again in Hugo and we got to stop it. Like, I don't want that shit. Yeah. I don't want that shit. I would very happily have, like, we are going to try and cure the macula once and for all. And to do that, we need to know its origin. I feel like that would be a good plot yeah. for a sequel. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, guys, we did it. We made it to the end of A Plague Tale Innocence, but. We got to find out what's happening next. Ben, bum, 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 bum. give us the deeds. Give us the rundown. What are we playing for our for your interstitial? Oh, all righty. We are playing <laughs> a short but sweet game that I've never played. Okay. It is two hours long. Okay. It is an indie title mm-hmm. from 2016. It starts with the letter P. <laughs> we are playing That Dragon Cancer. Ooh, I've been wanting to play this game. Interesting. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, let me just uh, read the blurb about this. Um, I'll read this straight from the wiki. So uh, yeah. it's just... Um, so you should know that the people who made these uh, yeah. this game were devout Christians, very, very strong believers of, of the faith. Oh, dear God. Um, so... <laughs> well, hang on. Okay. This, this is going to do some fucking deep topics. Some really deep tuckets. So That Dragon Cancer is a game created by Ryan and Amy Green, Josh Larson, and a small team under the name Numinous Games. The autobiographical game is based on the Greens' experience of raising their son Joel, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer at 12 months old, and though he was only given a short time to live, continued to survive for four more years before eventually succumbing to cancer in March 2014. The game is designed to have the player experience highs and lows of mo- of this period in the style of a point-and-click adventure game, using the medium's interactivity and immersion to retell the tale in a way film cannot. Uh, it was initially developed to relate Ryan and Amy's personal experience with Joel when they were uncertain of his health, but following his death, it was reworked to memorialise and personalise their time and interactions with Joel. Yeah, uh, It basically went on to have a Kickstarter, it was released um, on what would have been Joel's seventh birthday uh, for Oya. Oya were like a big supporter of the game. Um, yeah. And even they was that. in association with the Kickstarter. It was released on Mac, Windows, came to iOS later that year. I believe it's also on Android now as well. And it goes all the way from uh, the parents finding out that Joel has cancer all the way through to moving from Colorado to San Francisco to take part in an experimental drug trial and having their faith tested because of what's happening to their child. They're a real life. 
there are real life cards, letters, and voicemails from family members of the of the kid of Joel actually put into the game. So it is fully one hundred percent living this experience of uh, of everything that happened to to Joel Green. Dude, I'm excited. Kai, I don't know if you looked up images of this game, but it's a hundred percent a game that you would want to play. Um, I have not, but it sounds very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yeah. I mean, if if you hadn't guessed already, we're going to be doing themes of like terminal illness, death of a child, yeah. you know, tests of of faith and religion. Yeah. I'm I've wanted to play this game for a fucking long time, for yeah. easily about four years or so, and I just never got around to it because I was always worried how I would react to it. Mm. You know, I have. I have a history of cancer in my family. I've lost like three or four family members to cancer. Oh, wow. So playing something like this, I was like, Ugh, I really don't know how this is, how this is going to go. But yeah. um, I, I thought like, fuck it, you know, I'm ready. Let's do it. You yeah. know, what better medium to do it in than yeah. playing a podcast with y'all. Yeah, we preference it here. and We'll preference in the beginning of the next episode too, that like, there are themes in, in the game that may be triggering to you. So just keeping that in mind while listening mm. to, or even playing along with us, that this game could be, could, could be hard to play through. Yeah. It's, um, I, I won't lie to you. This isn't like, uh, somebody came up with this, like you are living through the life and unfortunate yeah. death of a real person. So it's yeah. going to get heavy. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. That game has definitely been on my radar and I've heard lots of people talk about it. And I think it'll be, I was gonna say a grand old time, but probably not. But it'll definitely be an experience. I mean, just to to wrap it up, like it um, it won yeah uh, best emotional ones. indie game, best yeah. gameplay, most innovative, impactful game, innovation award, innovation award, like, and this is from like the South by Southwest Gaming Awards, the Game yeah. Awards twenty seventeen. Like these are recognized yeah establishments so um but it only sold fourteen thousand copies apparently wow interesting near the definition of a hidden gem um but yeah so yeah i mean if if you can play it with us that would be awesome if you can't if you can listen to it that would be awesome but i appreciate that um maybe not everyone is gonna gonna play this game because yeah. it's it's gonna be heavy yeah yeah well guys we did it we came to the end of a plague tale innocence that is all we have for today thank you for listening thanks for getting to the very end of the episode uh make sure to follow us on social media play long pod and instagram and twitter to stay up to date with what we're playing when we're playing it uh in the next episode we will be talking about our experiences through that dragon cancer a dragon cancer yeah that yeah, dragon that, cancer. That dragon that cancer. That dragon, comma, cancer. That dragon cancer. Um, but until then, guys, have a good day. Be safe. We love you. And goodbye. And Peace goodbye. out. We'll see you next time with That Dragon Cancer. Feels weird to woo after that. <laughs> yeah.